This is Reality Realty. The views and opinions expressed on Reality Realty or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, of any real estate brokerage, or of any other realtor. There simply are views and opinions at this time. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult with a professional when buying or selling your home. Real estate is most people's largest financial investment. And when that real estate doubles as your home, it's also where you shelter. It's your sanctuary, where you repair and get ready for another day. It's where we build family, create memories. And more than ever, it's even where we work from. And especially after these days with the COVID virus going around and people working more than ever from home, I'm certain that there's going to be more working from home when things get back to our new normal. So with so much of an investment and so much at stake, shouldn't we do everything we can to get it right, to protect that investment we call home and to help it grow? Well, I'm Dale Bryant and I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And the past two weeks we've been covering real estate and the COVID-19 virus. And we are going to lighten things up a bit. If if you're like me, you've had enough of the COVID talk. And so we're going to lighten things up. And we are going to do a show that I'm calling This or That Reality Realty Edition. And you're going to hear our thoughts and opinions of different topics, this or that topics, uh, through our own professional experience, as well as through our experience in 35 years or more of home ownership and the feedback we receive from clients. And we being Carol Ann Bryant, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance, my favorite guest host. Hi, Dale. Hello. How are you? How am I? I am doing fine. You know, I always find it strange when you ask how, because we spent hours together. Especially now, especially now, because I'm the only human you can be in close contact with. Exactly. So, Carolyn, this or that, a little bit lighter than what yeah. we've been doing. Yeah. It's about time. I think we, we covered that uh, important topic mm-hmm. and time to move on now. And so... 35 years of home ownership, more than 35 right. years we've had. Wow. Yeah. We're old. Maybe so. Except we started young, so we're not that old. No, we started very young. We started when we were like 12. Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do, Caroline, we're going to 
hopefully you created some somewhat of a list, and I, I know I did. And so we'll throw things out there, looking at giving two, a couple options and say this or that, and then we can give our opinions and uh, what's our favorite, what's our preference, mm-hmm. some thoughts on it. It's a bit of a game, but hopefully it's going to be a revealing game, revealing some interesting perspectives. And if people have, haven't had the same experience we've had, and they may gain something from all that. And they could potentially, if they would like to, message you on your many social media platforms and give their opinion on on this or that. Mm-hmm. I would Some love to hear. Is- Always love to hear what people have to say. So we're going to start the show off with Snapshot for April 16, 2020. Your local report on what's happening in the Northumberland real estate market. There have been 93 single-family residential sales over this past month. And that's down 11 sales since last week's report. And this is down 11 sales during a time period that sales are traditionally ramping up. This leaves us with a decreasing inventory of 346 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year is down slightly from last week's report to approximately $457,000. If we break that average sale price down into communities, we can see that the average residential sale price for Coburg over the past year is approximately $487,000. The town of Port Hope the price on average is approximately $463,000 and the town of Brighton, $413,000. During the past year, people have received on average approximately 98% of their list price in a market time of 48 days. Northumberland County, We are still in a seller's market with an absorption rate at approximately 27% based on the past month's sales trend, meaning we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately 3.7 months of sales at the rate homes have been selling. Let's take a look at Northumberland County condos. We have an inventory of 21 condos actively for sale in Northumberland County, with 102 condos having been sold over the past year. The average selling price of those condos that sold has been approximately $391,000, and on average they sold in 47 days at 98% of their list price. Million dollar listings. We have an inventory of approximately, not approximately, we have an inventory of 29 residential million-dollar listings for sale actively in Northumberland County, with 21 million-dollar listings having been been sold over the past year. The average selling price of these condos has been $1,155,000, and they have sold in a market time on average of 78 days, receiving 93% of their list price. 
I research these Northumberland County statistics and calculate the absorption rate using information from CoreLogic's matrix system. Matrix is a local realtor component of the MLS system. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this information to be area specific, specific to the property type you're dealing with and the price band it's in. So talk to your local realtor to understand the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you. Carolyn, do you have the mortgage rates? I do indeed. They remain the same as last week. We can get a five-year fixed as low as 2.79%, a five-year variable as low as prime. And prime is currently 2.45%. So that's what your interest rate would be, 2.45%. Now, the Bank of Canada is making their overnight lending rate announcement on the on April 15th. Mm-hmm. And are they talking about a change? I haven't heard anything to that effect. They did make those two emergency cuts recently. So uh, I guess we will see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. So if it if it does decrease, then we have to wait and see if the banks and lenders carry over that decrease to their prime lending rate, which doesn't always happen. That is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market and events in Northumberland County. i just like to remind everyone that the views and opinions expressed on this show may not necessarily represent the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, of any real estate brokerage or realtor. There simply are views and opinions at this time. So, Carolyn, I'm going to start and I'm going to throw out a this or that to you. Okay, I'm ready. This or that, fixed rate mortgage or variable rate mortgage? Very good question. Typically, Canadians have been conditioned to go for a five-year fixed. Most common. That, yeah, that's the most common I, I've met people before who didn't even realize there were other options, other terms available. They didn't know the difference between a fixed or a variable rate. So we talk about that. I always say to people, if you need to know every month what your payment's going to be for the next five years, if it's a five-year term, If you just need to know that and you don't want to deal with any potential changes, you're not a risk taker, go for that. Go for that rate. Which rate? The fixed rate, sorry. Five-year fixed. Well, or a fixed rate, whatever the term is, doesn't matter, right? Because you can have a a fixed term from anywhere from six months to 10 years with a variable. Uh, You can have a five-year variable. There are some lenders that offer a three-year variable rate. So I like, personally, I like the variable rate because... I was going to say why. (laughs) Because over the length of time it will take you to pay your mortgage off, you are going to save yourself thousands of dollars of interest. And most lenders offer you the option to lock into a fixed rate if you're in your five-year variable and the rates are going up and you're getting a little bit uncomfortable because your payments are going up a little bit and you're getting nervous, 
Most lenders will allow you to lock into a fixed term without any penalty. So if you're three years into your five-year term, you'd get locked into a two-year fixed, whatever the two-year fixed rate is. So there's really not a risk at, at that point mm-hmm. when, you're, when you have that ability to lock in. I also think that it's important if you're a first-time home buyer and you only have 5% down for your down payment and your cash, your monthly cash flow is a little bit tight and or maybe you've just started a new job, then a variable product maybe isn't the product for you. You maybe should have a fixed rate so you can set your budget and you know what your budget is and then you could take advantage of prepayment privileges over the course of the five years, if you like, to help pay your mortgage down. There's that So you're talking about people who have never been on a budget. Maybe they're young, they've been living at home, and now they're out on their own for the first time. So they maybe don't have a concept of of budgeting. Right. So so people that are so tight on their budget were where maybe an increase of $50 in a month on their mortgage payment is going to throw them off, then that's not the product for them. Because there is a lot of people, as we know, that bought at the top of their price range because they qualified for that. Doesn't mean maybe that was a wise choice to make. So there's no there's no safety net there. But you did say they can lock in if things are going yes, up. Yes, they can, they can do that. And they are saving money. By going variable, because you typically, you're paying less, right? Less interest. You have to make sure that you have that capability of locking in. That's Mm -hmm. important. Right. If you don't have that capability, then the variable rate is not the way to go if if you're in a tight cash flow situation. Or if you have recently started a new job and you, and your job security is not you know, as certain as somebody who's been working. Although that that's all been thrown out the window right now, hasn't it? Job security. Yeah. That's going to look completely different. Anything goes right now. Um, I, for me, for me, I love the idea of knowing exactly what is owing every month. But then, you know, many, many years ago when, when I saw those graphs that went, went back decades. Yeah. Was it, and, yeah, and you would see twenty-five year yeah, history, and then you see how much, how much interest people paid if they just kept renewing on a variable mortgage as opposed to renewing on a five-year fixed. The person doing a five-year fixed was paying so much more interest, and so that the sort of way back then made me feel more comfortable with the variable, the un- unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one thing you do know is historically those people save money. So the other thing I want to say about that is it's important to also see what are the rates, right? So I just said right now, a five-year fixed is low as 2.79. So that rate interest rate is for somebody who's buying a home and they have less, less than 20% down. That would be their interest rate. The variable is 245 so there's quite a, a spread between those two interest rates. So you might want to run the numbers with whoever you're working with and say, you know, what's the difference? What's my, the difference in my monthly payment? You can't really compare apples to apples because you can't say, well, what difference will it make, it make at the end of five years? Because over the course of five years, 
that variable rate could change. It could go up, it could go down. Uh, I have clients right now who just last year had a very, we we did a variable rate mortgage for them. And I believe now with those two interest rate cuts that we've had, they're now paying 1.80% interest. Mm -hmm. That's their interest rate. That's fantastic for them. They're going to just be paying down that principal. It may not remain. And so they're almost one year into their five-year term. It may not remain at that rate for the whole five years. But if it does, oh my goodness, that's so great for them. Yeah. And if it had went the other way, like you said, they could have locked in. They could have, yeah. They could have locked in. That that lender allowed them to lock in. So... So you want to so you want to look at that too but I would say I would say in general my favorite product is the variable rate product. All right. Well, what about what about this? Non-financial. This or that. Two-story or bungalow. Okay. What's your favorite? Uh, or what's your favorite? What's your preference? And what's How about you what, go what first? Thoughts? I went first last time. You All go right. first. What's your favorite? Well, I know when we were young, mm-hmm. we loved the idea of a two-story Yep. because the bedrooms were all upstairs. And then when people came over, if the bedroom, <laughs> if the bedrooms didn't just look right. like so, the doors were shut. was the case. <laughs> people weren't walking onto the second story. And so we really just had to keep the main floor nice. And when you have kids, that was pretty, pretty important, right? Because you're busy looking after the kids. The kids are seem to be constantly undoing all the tidying and cleaning you're doing. That's and so, true. Yeah. So we like that. We did like it. And we also <clears throat> like that when it was bedtime, they're upstairs, you're down, we're not ready to go to bed yet. Then, you know, we're not afraid to have a little bit of noise going on. Yeah. It wasn't going to disturb their sleep. And uh, and so th- those were reasons we like that. But right. today? Today, we have a different feeling now, don't we? I love to have a bungalow. I love everything on one level. I mean, we, you mentioned we're getting older earlier on in mm-hmm. the broadcast yeah, mm-hmm. we are, but we're really not that old. We both get around just fine. and But still, I see clients, and I see clients that are approaching or in those years where no stairs is very important. And so right. why not think ahead? I like the idea of no stairs. I like the idea of one floor living. I do too. We don't have that. We're in the two story still. Mm. I would like everything on one f- floor for all those reasons. Well, listen, Caroline, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back to our This or That Reality Realty Edition and we'll finish off with Bungalow versus Two Story and, and some of our thoughts about that. And so, folks, you've been listening to. Reality Realty coming to you from Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break and Caroline and I will continue with this or that. Welcome. 
Welcome back. This is Northumberland, 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Carol Ann Bryant. And our topic is titled, This or That, Reality Realty Edition. Carol Ann, before the break, I put out there, This or That, Two-Story or Bungalow. Mm -hmm. And... I started off with my thoughts on two-story or bungalow. What are some of your thoughts? I'm I'm in agreement with you that two-story was what we wanted when we were younger and we had a family that lived at home. But now, bungalow is what I would like. What do you like about bungalow right now? No stairs. Because even though you said we're getting... a around well. There are some days that my knees are not happy with the amount of times I have to go up and down the stairs. <laughs> Angry knees? Yeah, they're not happy. So in my mind, I still am whipping up and down those stairs, mm-hmm. but some days my knees say, uh, no, no, thank you. Uh, it's a safety thing too, as we're getting older. I have reluctantly given up carrying Laundry hampers up and down the stairs. I get you to do that for me. Mm-hmm. If it's really heavy. And, you know, a fall is a little bit more serious for us now that we're older. So it's a safety thing. I also think that cost-wise, a little bit more efficient for energy well, cost-wise to build, it's cheaper to build a two-story. I'm thinking because for then heating. your foundation is thinking smaller. Thinking for heating, like heating and air conditioning. So because we have to, we really have to pump the air conditioning on the main floor to get the upstairs to the temperature you would like. It's a it's a little more even heat. Yeah. If it's all the same floor, because yeah, it's hard to it's so hard like to push that. Yeah. that cool air or that warm air all the way, say from a basement past the main floor and into that second yeah. story. Yeah. So well, those are my thoughts. Okay. Let's let's tie into this a little bit. Sure. With the um actually with with the bungalow idea. Right. Bungalow, raised bungalow, this or that. A four bedroom up or a two plus two bedroom bungalow. Yes, and we've had both of those scenarios. And if you have a young family, I guess I guess this could be bungalow or two story. Do you want do you want four on the same level or two plus two? That's the this or right. that. All on the same level when you have young family, because we had when we had the girls when they were little, we had a raised bungalow, two up, two down. Mm-hmm. And I was up and again, I was up and down those stairs at nighttime when they weren't feeling well or they just had a bad dream. And I would have preferred to not be up and down the stairs. But it was very doable. For you who slept through the night, very doable for you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So my thoughts are. I remember being. I, I was pregnant with our, our youngest daughter and our other two girls were sick. They were really sick. 
And I think I was like eight months pregnant or something like that. And they were so sick. And after a couple of nights of waddling my way up and down those stairs, trying to get to them as quickly as possible, I said to you, I can't do it anymore. I have to sleep on the couch or put a bed in the in the room with them because it was it was not working for me. But as far as being on top of things and, and hearing them. Well, we had a baby monitor. We used a baby monitor. And, I know. It and, wasn't ideal. I wouldn't, I didn't care for that. I, I liked it better when we moved and we, and we were all on the same, yeah. on the same floor. And I, I think they liked it better too. I think there was a little bit of a, because sometimes they would get up in the middle of the night and they'd have a bad dream. They wouldn't come down the stairs, right? They would stand at the top of the stairs at the raised bungalow and call for us. They were afraid sometimes, to, go down, to go down sometimes the stairs. Sometimes they were. They came so, down. They they came down regularly. Really, I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember well, I do. that. Absolutely okay. remember. All right. So, for me, is this going to be this or that or this and spat? Are we going to have a little spat over? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I'm not feeling that way. For me, I I think if you can at all make the two plus two work. Oh really? I think it's more versatile. Whether it's a bungalow with the the two downstairs and two on the main floor, okay, or or even if it's a two story with two on the on the second story and two in the basement for young families. You I'm think thinking that. it's more versatile for even later. So well, if you, yeah, as a later. young family, if you can make it work, then when those kids grow up. And you find they want their own space. You find yourself on your own. You know oh, that okay. That empty nest. Then you have guest space when guests come oh, over. Yeah, that's and they, great. They have their own privacy on that other floor. Or you can yeah, I just Yeah, I, I like agree that. with that. When 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 the kids are older, when they're teenagers or or when they're not when your empty nester is a two plus two such situation, I would prefer that as well. And I especially like it if it's in a bungalow. Yes. If it's if it's because you're not really going to get it so often a two plus two. You might get a three plus two in a two story. Two story. Yeah. But when it's in a bungalow, and then you get all the all the goodness of bungalow living, and and then that uh, versatility of having well, the are two there some in the basement? New builds where they have the master bedroom on the main floor, and then then there's three bedrooms upstairs. There's some floor plans like yeah. that, isn't there? Yeah, there's floor plans like there's all sorts of floor plans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What's our next this or that? Do you have one for me? Yeah. How about this or that? Find a house before listing, or find a buyer before offering. So sell your house first or buy, or buy a house first? Yes. Okay. And my answer to that is, it depends what kind of market it, it is. If it is okay. a, it, if it's a super strong seller's market, meaning there's such little inventory and all sorts of buyers wanting it, that little inventory... And that usually means you're most often competing with right. offers. Then the thing to do is to find a, a place because it's going to be tough to get a place 
is going to be difficult to compete and get a place that is going to work for you at the right price. Sure. And so if you are successful on that, then to turn around and sell, if you're selling in that same market, then you too will be able to hopefully quite easily get a buyer. So if it's a hot, hot seller's market, I would say find a place. Have your place ready to go. Have yeah. your place, you know, repairs done, staging done, uh, your organization, your decluttering, and because you're you're expecting to find a place and put yours up for sale. So the moment you find it, have your home. So it's just going to take a day or two to be ready and be listed and find your own buyer. If it's if it's a balanced market or getting closer to a balanced market, then obviously it's a coin toss, really. It could be situational depending on the type of home you have and the type of home you're looking at. But for the most part, it's wherever your comfort level is. That's what I would say. What are you thinking? Where Where's your comfort level? If we were to sell this today, what's your comfort hmm. level? And then when you tell me, I'll tell you if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't like the idea of selling selling the house and then having to then having to find something. I don't like that idea myself. Because it's your house is sold, so you have no choice. You yeah. either find something or you're looking for a rental or you're knocking on your children's doors. <laughs> can we move in for a bit but I mean, that's it, why i have you so i have you yeah. to make that decision for us and it depends what you're looking for because sometimes i work with a buyer that whenever we go out looking and we pick two three four homes to look at in any given day right. that they they look at those homes and they say wow we could have made anywhere from one to all of them work because they maybe they have a vision to say, okay, it doesn't have to be exactly like we need it because we either have the skills to make it so, or we have the experience over the years knowing how it can become this house. And so it's pretty easy for them to find a home. Whereas other people, there are such tight criteria like parameters. Me. Like me. No, well, maybe. Yeah, I maybe. Have, yeah. I have pretty. And, I have a wish list. Yeah. So, so for you, it would be a nightmare to sell our <laughs> home, to sell our home, <laughs> and then go out, <laughs> and then to go out <laughs> and have to purchase from that limited inventory. Okay, nightmare's a little strong. How about it would be very stressful on me. Yeah, I, when we're done here and I edit it, I'll see if I can edit out Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, that's No, but I'm I think thinking. that's why it'd be stressful for me because I know I have a, sort of a list of do's and, not do's and don'ts, wants, wants and needs. And that limits me to the type of house uh, because it's it's location, it's the style of house, it's the age of the house, it's mm -hmm. the flow of the house. I have very specific, I have something very specific in my mind for what is 
hopefully going to be the last move we make in our in our life. So we've made we've bought our final home about three times now. I know. I know. Yeah. But this would be this <laughs> would be the last one. <laughs> All right. <sighs> All right, here's one here. Yes. Enough said about uh okay. about that. This or that, we're about to list our home, and do we list it with a pre-inspection or no pre-inspection? So that means, do we have a home inspector come in, right? inspect our home, and have an inspection report ready for a buyer or not? Oh, well, I know what your preference is. But what's your... And, and your fan, your fan base... Knows what your preference is on this, Yeah, too. I've likely said it. But anyways, what's your preference? My preference would be to have a pre-inspection done. And why? I would like to find any, find out, because, I mean, we, we live in our house. We think we know, we know things about our house. Also, things that we might not think are important, so important. Um, if you're not in the industry... It can get pointed out to you. You know, this is something you should fix. Hopefully the inspection doesn't show something majorly wrong with your house. But I would rather know that beforehand so that I can fix it or adjust my price accordingly if I don't have the means to fix it, if it was something big. That's just my personality. I don't want any surprises. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I think for most people... Get a pre-inspection done. Know what your house is all about. It'll help you to price and price confidently. And also, it helps you when somebody else... I mean, if you do a pre-inspection... If we did a pre-inspection on our home today... Yep. And somebody's interested in putting in an offer, we could offer that pre-inspection report to them. But... They can also put in a condition to have their own home inspector sure. come in or just have the home inspector we use come in with them and, and review and show them where they found things. But what it does is it prevents somebody from, if you didn't do the pre-inspection, it prevents a buyer from coming to an agreement with you on a price, getting their home inspector to come in, and then pretending, oh, we didn't know that it needed this or that done, this or that. Mm -hmm. And so based on these findings, we would still buy your home, but only for this much. And now they now they open up negotiations right. again. And so if you bring that all forward to them before they ever give you the offer, you take away the chance to play that game. And right. I like that. Now- there are times I wouldn't want necessarily to pre-inspect my home. And that is if I have a home in just terrible, terrible condition. What's and you this know a, you're not going to do anything about it. And you it. know you're not going to do anything. You're selling it the way it is. Yeah. It, it just has so many issues. And I'm saying, you know what? Somebody just walks through here and they're going to they're gonna see it. Right. They're gonna they're gonna see it, they're gonna feel it. And so maybe I maybe I'm selling a home as is condition. But if it maybe it's a really old century home and it hasn't been maintained, 
what's the sense? Mm-hmm. What's the sense in having 40 to 50 pages of things that need fixing scathing <laughs> reviews? Scathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, there's a situation where I think, you know what, skip it because the buyer may just skip it to, well, the buyer may see it. It's just a ton of work and you may have the right buyer that just says, I'm ready to work on things. I do work myself and I see this house needs this and this and this, and I'm ready to do it. Or let the, in that case, when you know there's a, a load of things, if they do want to see it in an in inspection report, let them get their own inspector and pay their own money. Okay. So Carol Ann, after this, we're going to take a break right now. And after this break, we're going to have another mortgage financing this or that. All right. All right. So folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join Carol Ann and I right after this break. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant and Carol Ann Bryant. And Carol Ann, before the break, we were doing our this and that Mm -hmm. opinion preferences. And the last thing we did, we did the pre-inspection, listing with a pre-inspection or not. Mm Mm-hmm. I have one for you here, mortgage financing one. This or that, do you use the lender you know and who also knows you, or do you shop your mortgage financing around? This or that. Okay. So you mean if somebody has their mortgage with a bank, do they just continue with that bank or do they, it's coming up for renewal of their mortgage, do they shop around? Yeah. Okay. I will answer that. But I just want to say something. When we were talking about the uh, Bank of Canada rate announcement, Mm -hmm. just want to mention that we're recording this early. It's going to air after the Bank of Canada makes this announcement, which is why we were uncertain what was going to happen. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think I made that clear when we were talking about it. I, of course, prefer for people to shop around. I think it's wise for people to shop around. I have seen too many times renewal letters from people, whether it's with their bank or whether they worked with a broker before and it's the the lender that the broker arranged for them, that the renewal letters come in with a high a high interest rate, higher than than what the current rate is. They're banking on people being busy or not wanting to look into it. And they're banking that they're banking, (laughs) no pun intended. They are hoping that you will just sign that renewal letter. It's easy. You just sign it. That's all you have to do. Sign it. You're off to the races. But you need to shop around because chances are that renewal rate is not the best rate. And even just by 
saying that you're going to shop around, that can force your bank to say, oh, you know, we, we can offer you this. The, the, here's a rate that we can offer you. So you need to negotiate. You always need to negotiate. Don't just accept that rate that's being offered to you. In most cases, you can always get 0.1 off of what they offer you. So if they're offering you 2.89, you can get 2.79 quite In easily. Most cases. In most cases. If they're dealing with someone like yourself, a mortgage broker or, right. or a mortgage agent, in that case, you basically do the shopping yeah, for them, right? we do that work for them. So yeah. they don't have to do that. And I also have a lot of conversations with people when they call me and they talk to me about rates and I tell them a rate and then they say, but I saw this online. Yeah, there's a lot of online rate sites, but you have to read very carefully because just as in just as in your segment where we talk about the interest rate, there's certain conditions that apply. So that 2.79 was for somebody that's buying a home, an owner-occupied home with less than 20% down. If you're buying a rental property, you're not going to get 2.79. So you always have to read. And sometimes those rate sites, they don't have, uh, like they haven't updated them. So the rates are out of out of uh, out of date. Sometimes the rates they're listing are for a three year term and not a five year term, and they're is kind of sneaky, and you don't really know that unless you look at the fine print. So you have to be careful. Well, imagine my surprise that the mortgage broker said, "Don't go and just deal with the with your lender, your bank that you're used to dealing with. That shop it around." Imagine my surprise. But in all fairness. How many times, I don't even know how many times I've heard you, uh, maybe we're work, both working from home and I overhear you say to somebody, I think you should just deal with your bank. I mean, it's not like you're saying every single time that you would have been better off working through yourself some or someone like yourself. There's obviously some times when you're, you're suggesting to people, yeah, dealing with your bank is the best. Of what, course. What, and what, what kind of times are they? So this is just how I work. This is just my business philosophy. I'm not going to move you to another lender if what if that lender you're work, working with already or you've been with is offering you a good rate. I'm not going to try and find a way to to move you away because it is the easiest thing to do to sign that piece of paper. You don't have to prove your income again. Now, I don't know what's going to happen after this virus. I don't know how the rules are going to change. But currently, if you sign a renewal letter with your lender, you don't have to provide new income verification. Uh, you don't have to get an appraisal done. You just sign sign that. That's the simplest thing to do. And so, they're happy because you've paid all your mortgages, obviously, up until that time. And that's yeah, why they're offering you. That's yeah. why they're offering you an extension. And 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 I'll also say to somebody, I'll say, Yep, that is a good rate they're offering you. I can't I can't get any lower for you, but still go back and ask them if they'll go down by point one. Tell them that you just were speaking to a mortgage broker and they're going to be concerned. Maybe they're going to lose you as a client and you might be able to get point one off of that. So I will tell people that. 
mm-hmm. because I want them to get the best interest rate. I want them to save money. All right. I think that covers off our, our thoughts on that one. Yeah, that was a long one. Yeah. Okay. This or that. This or that. Compete with other offers or not. You know, that's a competing offer scenario. And I mostly think about, uh, you know, it was a quote from Wayne Gretzky about you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Something like that. So if you don't give it a try, you know you're not going to be the person who gets the accepted offer. Sure. Um, it, it can be very discouraging if you, especially if you looked at something, maybe maybe the house was listed at $500,499 and you're thinking, yeah, I would really like to get that at four ninety, or somewhere between 485 and 490. Maybe, you know, that's your plan in your head. And then all of a sudden we find out, oops, somebody else is submitting an offer. And now you realize, oh, my plan isn't really going to work anymore likely because Mm -hmm. when that person realizes I'm in the mix and they know they're competing, they're going to bring their best game, their best foot forward. So now... I, I can't do the dance I'd hope to do and, and try and, you know, get it lower. Get a little bit of a deal. Now I got to move forward. And maybe you're discouraged and you say, oh, I'm just not going to try. <clears throat> but what I like to say is to uh, put your best foot forward. Give it a try. Put your best foot forward. And if you just go by the philosophy that I'm going to offer strongly enough that if I find out I lost over... Two, three, four thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. I won't be sorry that I didn't go up because I gave as much as I was comfortable with. And so then you won't have regrets that way. And but don't give so much that if your offer is picked, you'll have regrets that they actually chose your offer. There are circumstances when maybe you need to sell a home and your home isn't even ready for market. That we can't even tell them, yeah, this will be listed within, you know, say two business days. And and you're competing with another offer. Well, I mean, the other offer might have to sell a home as well. But, it, you know, there there is a point at which I say, will your offer drive up the price? And are you are you, in fact, driving the price up? in the category you're looking for. You know what I mean? When when you have a multiple offer scenario and you're you're mm-hmm. creating it by being one of them and you're you're just barely finding this um, these homes to be affordable barely. Do you want to be driving up another comp so that when you find something in another few weeks or a month that Maybe that that comp will already have a closing date, and now people will be using that driven up price right. as one of the reasons why your next home you put an offer in is so high. So, so there's it's can, a bit of a dance with that. There's strategies, right? Yeah. So, what about this, Caroline? Okay, let's move on to another financing. Uh, how about this or that? A long term for your mortgage or a short term? Right. 
I don't really have a preference so much as I would ask someone, what is your plan for this house? Will you be staying in this house for at least five years or longer? Then we're going to look at a five-year rate, a five-year term, sorry, or a higher term. If this is a house that's a starter home for you and you're going to go in and you're going to do some paint and flooring, whatever, fix it up a bit. And then you're thinking two years down the road, you're going to list it and then move move up to a, a another house, a little bit bigger house or whatever. Then a five-year fix maybe is not a good idea. It's going to depend on interest rates as well. But, but then maybe you would say, let's do a two-year term because you don't want to be stuck with a penalty. Or if you think maybe there's a chance that your place of employment is going to transfer you. Like I always have that conversation with people, right? What what do you foresee happening in the in the next five years? If it's an investment property, then the longer term is better because you can lock in that rate and you can know what your fixed costs are going to be. And sometimes lenders offer really great rates on specific terms for you know, a three-year term has a really low rate for some reason. Like it's just the the pool of where their funds are coming from. The investors say, if I make this amount of money over the next three years, I'll be happy with that. So they have this low interest rate. So it really comes down to what are the rates at the time? What's going to be happening in your life? Because you always want to avoid having to pay a huge penalty. Some mortgages you can port, but some you can't. So you don't want to be stuck with that big penalty. All right. Well, this or that. And I, I just say ditto that for me. I, I, I think that's some good <laughs> advice, depending on your circumstances, depending on any specials being offered by lenders. Yeah. Um, how about this? This. How about this, this or that, Dale? Mm-hmm. Large deposit or small deposit? Right. As a seller, you're wanting to see the biggest deposit possible because you want them to have a lot of skin in the game. Mm-hmm. You, you want them to have a lot of money tied up so that if they decide to breach that contract, I mean, if they breach contract, they're available to be sued. But you would like to know that there's enough money at stake that's actually out of their hands that they're, they're going to think twice about breaching. And as a buyer, if uh, you're in a hot market and it's hard to get a hold of a home, you want a strong deposit to show, hey, I'm a serious buyer. I, I told you my financing is in order and I can show you but because I can come up with 10 or $20,000 or better. And I'm showing you, I'm the offer you want to pick. But then again, you don't want to go bigger than you need to go because if something goes sideways on this deal, contractually, for good reason, some brokerages take longer than other brokerages to get your money back. When everybody signs that mutual release because it's a contractual release you don't get agreement. your money back instantly. Not that day. No. And and some some brokerages will get it back to you within 10 days. And some brokerages 
take the better part of a month to get it back. So if you give, t- if you get everything you have, then maybe you're in a position you can't even do house shopping. Yeah, you're tied up until yeah, you get those funds your back. Your deposit money is tied up until you get back. And what a shame if another great option came up while you're waiting to get that settled. Mm-hmm. So that's my larger small deposit. Sellers want as much as possible. Buyers want as much as possible, but to keep themselves flexible in case something goes south and they need to they need to react fast on another listing. Mm-hmm. So that's it for that. Okay. Do we have time for another one? Well, I see. I see one here. Are you thinking the open house one? Sure. Let's do the open house one fast. Open house. This or that. Open house or no open house. I, I mean, it's a different answer right now, isn't it? Well, no, it isn't <laughs> a, a different answer. I mean, not for you. No, You've the, stats, had your- the stats are available. Open houses are not effective. It's not an effective marketing for selling a home. They're just not. And the stats are there. You might find realtors to tell you they have lots of exper- lots of great um, results from open houses. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, nobody mm-hmm. waits for an open house if they're serious about buying that home. Uh, they want in right away before the open house. And now that we've went through this pandemic crisis and open houses have been removed as an option, I really believe that the open house is going to have a, a tough time uh, getting getting legs when this is all over. Yeah, I think we're going to see some changes and maybe that's a a good show to do in what potentially are changes in a few potential weeks, changes yeah, that could be happening in the real changes. estate and mortgage industry. Yeah. Because things are changing. I know in my industry, things are changing week to week. It was day by day in, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing some lenders that are kind of catching their breath and saying, this is what we're doing moving forward now. Mm-hmm. Well, Caroline, this or that is over. A nice light show. Yeah. And we're still talking to each other. Yeah. Got a little tense in uh, section two, segment two, didn't it? (laughs) Anyways, thanks for joining, Caroline. And if anybody is interested in some mortgage advice or would like to renew or get a a mortgage, how can they contact you? They can call me at 289 251 And I would like to thank you, the listeners, for spending time with us today, this morning. If you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, please feel free to contact me by either emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or you can give me a call at 289-251-2947. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And don't forget to join us, not me, but us, next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks. <laughs>